In place of the noise was a beautiful tropical slide which did not move or tremor. The world came to a standstill. The silence was so immense and unbelievable that you felt your ears had been stopped or you had lost your hearing altogether. The children put their hands to their ears. They stood apart. The door slid back and the smell of silent waiting world came to them. The sun came out. It was the color of flaming bronze and it was very large and the sky around it was blazing blue and the jungle burned with suddenly as the children released from their spell rushed out yelling into the springtime now don't go too far called the teacher after them you've only two hours you know you wouldn't want to get caught out but they were running and turning their faces up to the sky and feeling the sun on their cheeks like a warm iron they were taking off their jackets and letting the sun burn their arms Oh, it's better than the sun lamps, isn't it? Much, much better. They stopped running and stood in the great jungle that covered Venus, that grew and never stopped growing, tumultuously, even if as you watched it. It was a nest of octopi, clustering up their great arms into weeds, wavering, flowering this brief spring. It was the color of rubber and ash, this jungle, from the many years without sun. It was the color of stones and white cheeses and ink. It was the color of the moon. The children lay out laughing on the jungle mattress, heard it sigh and squeak under them, resilient and alive. They ran among the trees, they slipped and fell, they pushed each other, they played hide-and-seek tag, but most of all they squinted at the sun until tears ran down their faces. Then they put their hands up to that yellowness and the amazing blueness and breathed the fresh, fresh air and listened to the silence which suspended them in a blessed sea of no sound and motion. They looked at everything and savored everything. Then wildly, like animals escaped from their caves, they ran, shouting in circles. They ran for an hour and did not stop running. And then, in the midst of their running, one of the girls wailed. Everyone stopped. The girl, standing in the open, held out her hand. Oh, look, look, she said, trembling. They came slowly to look at her open palm. In the center of it, cupped and huge, was a single raindrop. She began to cry, looking at it. They glanced quietly at the sun. Oh no. A few cold drops fell on their noses and then their cheeks and their mouths. The sun faded behind a stir of mist. A wind blew cold around them. They turned and start, stared to walk back toward the underground house, their hands in their sides, their smiles vanishing away. A boom of thunder startled them. Like the leaves before a new hurricane, they tumbled upon each other and ran. Lightning struck ten miles away, five miles away. A mile, a half mile. The sky darkened into midnight in a flash. They stood in the doorway of the underground for a moment until it was raining hard. They closed the door and heard the gigantic sound of the rain falling in tons and tons of avalanches everywhere and forever. Will it be seven more years? Yes, seven. Then one of them gave a little cry. Margot. What? She's still in the closet where we locked her. Margot. They stood as if someone had driven them, like so many stakes, into the floor. They looked at each other and then looked away. They glanced out at the world that was raining now, and raining and raining steadily. They couldn't meet each other's glances. Their faces were solemn and pale. They looked at their hands and feet, their faces down. Margot. One of the girls said, Well, no one moved. Go on, whispered the girl. They walked slowly down the hall to the sound of cold rain. They turned through the doorway to the room and the sound of the storm and thunder lightning in their faces, blue and terrible. 
They walked over to the closet door slowly and stood by it. Behind the closet door was only silence. They unlocked the door even more slowly and let Margot out.